it's never the holiday season until someone complains about how early things come out, right? Right. <laughs> I've seen Hobby Lobby with their yep. Christmas decorations already out. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's not so much that they put it out. It's that everyone wants to talk about they're putting it out already. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Advice Not Given podcast. Each week, we share unfiltered, truth-telling conversations between two friends. You're invited to eavesdrop as we give each other the advice you didn't ask for, but wish you did. We're your hosts, Kelly Artis and Claire Wood of Millspo Gurus, and this is Advice Not Given. Hey everybody, Claire here. We're excited that you've joined us for this week's episode, and we're looking forward to talking a little bit about how we close out the summer and say hello to fall. Kelly and I each share a few of our favorite ways we signify the changing of these seasons, but most importantly, we talk about the absolute power and perfection of reflecting on personal growth in these changes of these seasons. Stick around to the end of the episode when you'll hear us weigh in on last week's advice on whether or not we checked in on our highest levels of health uh, according to our Enneagram type and to see kind of where we're both falling uh, in that spectrum of health. So thanks again for listening and join in now with episode five. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to episode five of the Advice Not Given podcast. We are really excited to be talking to you guys today about some um, transitions. And we're going to call this one, You Say Goodbye, I Say Hello, because we are talking about a transition into fall from summer. Claire, how's your summer been going? Our summer was great in many ways. It feels like it flew by. In other ways, it feels like it lasted forever. And in some ways, it feels like it is still going on because it's so hot (laughs) where I live. Yeah, it's like (laughs) eternal summer. Yeah, we are also in the south um, of the southeast United States. And yeah, it's still stinking hot. Um, And I am just tickled pink to not be dealing with summer anymore because I have had this conversation with many friends, but I am not the summer mom. Like, this is not my jam. So I have so much respect for you teachers <laughs> for being able to handle our crazies and our kids and keeping them on a schedule, uh, which I am apparently unable to do on my own. So yeah, we're going to talk today a little bit about, um, yeah, how to handle the change in seasons and how to handle kind of a change in a rhythm in your household. Um, so yeah, Claire, how do you want to get us started out today? Well, I wanted to just acknowledge and give a little credit. I remember a year or so ago, I heard one of my favorite podcasters, The Lazy Genius, talk about this idea of opening and closing ceremonies to mark the beginning and ending of either seasons or holidays. And it really got me thinking on the importance of doing that because those things can serve as signifiers to us. But also it gives us an opportunity to reflect. And I think that that's really where we want to land today. We want to share some fun little things that each of us do, maybe to end summer and then some signifiers that begin fall. But ultimately, we want to talk for a good little minute about how reflection can help us grow personally. There's so much power in honoring a transition, right? So a lot of times we do try to rush through things. Like I know I tried to rush through summer to get back to school, um, but the kids needed a minute, you know, they need a minute to transition and they need a minute to enjoy and be grateful for their summer um, to be able to fully appreciate what the new season brings to them. So yeah, we just wanted to talk a little bit about that today um, and maybe share some tips. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So first let's talk a little bit about what we do. What are some things that you do, either serious or fun, uh, either 
planned or impromptu? What are things that mark the end of summer for Kelly and her family? And then I'll share a couple too. The first thing I do is get rid of the bathing suits. (laughs) I didn't want to pull them out in the first place. So it is so exciting and brings me great joy to pack those away (laughs) back into the bin. Um, I have, I am just so like, so allergic to the sun. It's not even funny. (laughs) My poor pale skin can't handle it. So summer stresses me out because there's always, you know, we got to be on the beach. We got to be in the sun. And that's always just, it's a challenge for me. So, um, same here. Mine's kind of water related, but I always will bleach all of our beach towels Mm. and fold them up nice and neat. And I go through our pool bag. Um, thankfully as my kids have gotten older, there are fewer like rotting apple cores and food surprises (laughs) in there, but because I store it, um, out of sight, I do try to go through the pool bag and shake out sand and, um, you know, clean out any trash, get rid of empty sunscreen bottles, toss, you know, one of a hundred pairs of broken goggles, just kind of get it ready for the next summer. Um, and then another thing I try to do is I love to go to the car wash and get my car super, super clean and get all the sand out of the floorboards. Mm. That's a great, that's great to me, like clean slate ready for fall. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You know, I think school shopping, like school supply shopping and buying clothes. We always go to the outlets and get, you know, a couple of outfits for school, back to school. Um, that's always fun. Comes a couple of months from now or maybe a month from now, but I love buying my, my mom's for my front porch. Like that's always a big one for me. There's this one little preschool here in town that sells the best moms on the planet. So I always get the biggest ones I can find and set those out on the porch. And that just seems like, okay, here we go. It's ready. It's time right. to fall. Yeah. It's officially. So ready. just recently, my sister and I were on the phone and we were both talking about, we know that the season is changing when we start to see pumpkin spice creamer. Oh God. And when we are ready <laughs> to get a fall candle, we, and another friend and I were talking, we do not buy a fall scented candle until the weather changes. Yeah. But again, when you like live in a hot Southern place, <laughs> you know, I'm at Thanksgiving and it's still 75, uh, 85 degrees out. And I'm going to be burning that autumn wreath or apple cider candle. Oh, my gosh. That, like, kind of makes me nauseous. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to be hot and then smell like pumpkin. Um, pumpkin smell. spice lattes should be out. They're out. They came out early this year. So, yeah, you're they're forcing it earlier and earlier and earlier. And, you know, and it's never – it's never the holiday season until someone complains about how early things come out, right? right. <laughs> I've seen Hobby Lobby with their Christmas yep. <laughs> decorations already out. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's not so much that they put it out. It's that everyone wants to talk about they're putting it out already. So, Well, and I think a lot of what these things that we either see or do or that are signifiers to us, I think what that does is it tells us, it tells our brain, it's time to switch gears. It's time to switch out of summer mode, which for most of us is laid back. It's pool days. It's sleeping in, maybe having a little more Netflix or uh, kids screen time. And it's time to be back on school rhythm, waking earlier, going to bed earlier, getting focused, certain sports starting back certain Mm -hmm. activities for the grownups starting back. And so all those little things like cleaning out the beach bag and getting the new candle, those are signifiers to us that there is a change coming. So what about when we don't honor those changes? Like, how do you feel like that affects us if we just kind of like, let's say we don't have rituals. Let's say you don't have um, some sort of way, because I don't feel like, so I have friends who like can decorate their house for every single season. You know, they have boxes for Easter and they have boxes for 
Labor Day and they have like some of the obscure. Day. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, y'all, pe- my people are happy if they got a Christmas tree. So like, what are, what are some of maybe the, like, give us, give us the other, the flip side of that coin. What do you think that looks like? So I know for me, I, uh, I homeschool our kids and it can be easy for me to, in the past, I have even utilized summer to just keep my teacher hat on and think about curriculum in school. In the last few years, I've really tried to make a concerted effort to not do that during summer. In my head, summer is a break from school. And so I have been very intentional to give myself a break from school. The detriment to not doing that for me is when school starts back, if I have not given myself that mental break, I suffer. I suffer burnout very quickly. And so for me, honoring those seasons is a way for me to take the necessary reprieve. I know you were kind of alluding to the story um, at one point we were chatting earlier, just about not seeking out closure from certain things. Um, True. Yeah, so um, I'll let you I'll let you share that story, but I think there's some value there too, and just not honoring what a situation was and what it meant to you, um, right. and the importance of that going forward. Yeah, so at our first assignment, um, by the time we got orders and we knew a PCS was approaching, instead of really embracing the idea that we were moving and a chapter was ending, I avoided it. I backed out of several activities that I was in, just slowly one little backward step at a time. And in my head, I think it was a self-protective measure. If I just slip away, nobody's going to notice. But um, I think I paid dearly for that because I did not honor that ending of that chapter and tried to move on too quickly to the next. And so it kind of brought me back to this reality of I I have to reflect on the things that have caused me to grow during that season. I have to honor the friendships of that season. I have to say goodbye, like audibly, or, you know, go give a one last hug, say goodbye, so that there's some closure on that before approaching the next place and the next people and the next stuff. Yeah. And so here's the deal. And you guys, if anyone's listening and you're not, you know, don't have this military affiliation, um, just recognize and we just want to kind of stress the point that we do things. We do these transitions really frequently. So we feel like we have a little bit of experience with it. And I've done both things. I've done it, you know, go through all the farewells and all the goodbyes every time we move, you know, and I'm like, it's exhausting. I'm not going to lie. It is. I think some people can do it maybe better than others, but I, it is, it's just hard. You know, because you've got all these different people you need to kind of button up the relationship. And we all say, see you later. We don't say goodbye because more than likely you're running people again. Um, but we, that, I think that's also a defense mechanism. That's like, oh, I'm not saying goodbye to you. Like, we're just, it is. we're pausing. I, yeah. I think it's funny. You're like, because we usually see them. No, we don't. No, we don't. <laughs> There's some people We don't, that kinda, and we know yeah. it, and that's why we say it. We know we yeah. won't, and that's the letdown, the easy letdown. Yeah. To just and, be like, you hey, know, I'm not going to see you again. We stay connected on Instagram and Facebook and we watch our kids grow up and that's cool. I think that's enough for a lot of us. Um, but yeah, so I've, and I've done it also where I just skipped out and didn't say goodbye to anybody. And actually what I felt like that did as exhausting it is as it is to go through it in the moment. It's so much better to do it, um, at the appropriate time and during the appropriate transition and space than it is to be like longing for that closure on the flip side of the transition. So, right. You know, like, so Okay, so we had this moment this summer where we thought we might be moving. And it, the the kind of announcement came um, after school had already ended for my kids. 
So, you know, I'm in shock and I'm dealing with, okay, how am I going to move my family in four weeks kind of thing? And um, it was a good move. It would have been awesome to do. We Spoiler alert, we didn't move. But um, <laughs> I, had the, I had the opportunity to experience this, you know, complete roller coaster of emotions for, for no good reason. Um, but it was interesting as I observed back, you know, looking back as to how I was processing it. I was really, really struggling with the fact that my kids were going to be leaving and they didn't have the opportunity to close chapters for themselves. So it was more about them. And I was like, my kids are going to disappear, you know, like they're just going to not show back up to school. And that killed me. Like I was like, I needed the teachers to know and the administrators to know and the, you know, the bus driver to know, like, I didn't want people to ask like, oh, where did that child go that was here last year? Like, I don't want them to wonder. I wanted them to have closure. So that to me was like, just seeing how much it hurt for me to see them be robbed of that opportunity kind of gave me a pause and was like, oh, you need to be taking advantage of this too. Like, this is important for you as well. So I don't know. I just thought that was an interesting kind of situation that we were thrust into and maybe appreciate the opportunity to have like, a more well-formed transition than I agree. And maybe a lot of people listening are not moving every couple of years like we do. And I don't think it's too far off to say that you should still celebrate those closings and those endings and those goodbyes on a much smaller scale, right? We can all imagine moving away. Of course, that's big, that's heavy, but what about something as small and as routine and annually, you know, uh, happening as the end of summer. Kelly, yep. why should we celebrate the ending of a season? We've taken a, a, <laughs> a big, broad look at a, a move and a goodbye. But what about just... Because coming- you get to buy boots. <laughs> you get to break out your boots. I mean, that's reason enough, right? No. Um, partially true. Yeah. Okay. So in seriousness, I don't know. So for me, I think it's about um, a rhythm. Just, you know, establishing sort of a pace for for your family, for your life, for your mental health. Um, you know, again, summer has a very different rhythm than the fall has. Yeah. So I think it's important to pause and celebrate even something small like the ending of summer and the transition to fall. Um, because it's just good to go back and think about how you grew, what you accomplished, maybe, um, how you changed, what in your life improved. I think those are all good things to do, um, because in a way, it's not until we live through something and go back and look at it that we can fully appreciate it. Yeah. So that's one thing that I wanted to. So, you know, when you were asking earlier about um what are some of what are some of the things that we do to try to signify the change of seasons? Um, I don't have a ton of those sort of routines, but I I am actually consciously trying to seek out better ways um, to create those sort of patterns and those recognitions because I think you're right. I think you're totally right. I think sometimes we just kind of sleepwalk through life instead of being fully present, like we talked about a couple of episodes ago. So one thing that I am starting to look um, more intently at is creating a sort of rhythm. Um, as a daily practice um, to help me be more aware of, you know, what's going on in my life, what um, my mental state kind of is, um, and just to give me sort of a moment to like center, um, not to get too woo, but (laughs) I think that's part of it. So as the kids go back to school, I'm actually pursuing um, some online sort of, you know, courses and education myself. And a lot of it has to revolve around the idea of creating a sort of rhythm um, 
it's essentially like a contemplative sort of practice that I'm looking into to be able to, um, yeah, just get grounded and start my day um, on a schedule. I'm really bad about sleeping in, especially over the summer. We have had zero schedule and I just don't feel like I have things together because, you know, I'm not on a routine. So I'm working, I'm using this sort of outlet um, to get me through the transition for this transition into fall. And then especially the transition into the holidays. I'm already thinking about that. (laughs) Well, I definitely implement a more structured morning routine for myself once school starts back and get up early. I try to get outside and walk and have quiet time and all of that. But I'm sitting here thinking as you're, as you're talking about this idea of intentionality, I love this practice of, of celebrating the ending and thinking about a new beginning. Another reason I'm thinking that I love this is no matter where we live, no matter Mm, where we've mm -hmm. moved, it's always going to be summer and summer will always end. And it's always going to be fall. It's like that predictability of time. And maybe when everything else in your life feels unpredictable, you have these, these ending and beginning celebrations as posts, you know, as signposts pointing you to, okay, I can do this. Summer was great. It may have not been my best summer, but here's what I can focus on that was good about it. Fall is coming. Uh, You can focus on what you like about fall, and then maybe it helps in some way to become unstuck in negative thinking or, um, you know, just that uncertainty that comes along with life so often. Stopping and taking a moment to say, you know, and reflect, here's why this was good. Here's how I grew and then go forward. So I think there's, um, I love this idea of liminality. Have you heard of this, like liminal spaces? Yes, it's, we yeah, have. Right. So we talk about this a good bit. So um, actually, there is a magazine that we're huge fans of that we've actually both been featured in. Um, but it's called Legacy Magazine. It's actually written for um, and by military spouses. It's awesome. So in hmm, which volume? Two. Volume two. An author by the name of Danielle Holmes, shout out Danielle if you by any chance happen to be listening to this, but she wrote a piece on, um, it's called A Meditation on Contentment and Liminality, and I actually love how she tied the two things together. So the idea of a liminal space is basically the space between, right? It's just kind of um, what's been typically philosophically sort of called, um, it could be between anything, right? It could be between jobs. It could be between kids. It could be between um, duty stations or, you know, homes or, or whatever. Um, it's just this idea of honoring the space that's in between instead of kind of just floating and, and, and grasping until you get to the next point. Taking that time to reflect, again, this is going to be a key insight that we keep coming back to, um, is just the power of reflection so that you're, you're guided a little more clearly moving forward. Um, honoring the space that you just came from and then um, yeah just being intentional about moving forward so given some of our you know maybe some people have more of these opportunities than others and notice I'm calling them opportunities and not challenges or struggles we're gonna change the way we talk about things Um, (laughs) some people have more of these opportunities for the liminal space Um, but that's a really great thing right because then you have this opportunity to keep challenging and growing and and pushing yourself. Um, There's also another great quote that I wanted to share from Viktor Frankl. And it says, um, between stimulus and response, there is space. In In this space, there's the power to choose our response. And in our response lies our growth and our freedom. 
So I think he's talking about essentially the same thing. Um, he's also talking about the fact that we can use that space, that transitional space, to be able to sort of, um, yeah, exercise and like strengthen that muscle that we have to be able to take control instead of everything being like externally imposed upon us to take control of our response, grow that and find our freedom in it. I love it. And to me, that is literally just really what life is about. Like you, it's so easy, as you said, to sleepwalk or get stuck in old patterns and unhealthy patterns. And to me, this idea of reflection before moving forward is the key that unlocks that. Yeah. So I wonder what, what do you think are some practical applications of that? Um, so the first thing that pops into my mind is journaling. Um, of course. Yeah. Or gosh, even like video journaling, like vlog. If it's per, I actually was scrolling through my photos today. I don't know why I was looking for something and then I fell down the rabbit hole of memories and, and time hops and whatnot. But I actually found a video that I had recorded. I don't know why. I think I had maybe had a glass of wine and I decided to record a video of my thoughts specifically relating to this potential move that we didn't end up doing, but over the summer. And it was kind of um, rehashing exactly what I had just said um, and some really raw emotions about it. And But because I had captured it, I'm like, wow. It kind of like, it it solidified the emotions and like honoring the emotions that I was experiencing in that moment, which I don't do well or often. So that I think is, is that was, I, I'm proud of that. Like, I'm really happy that I have that and that I did that. Um, I'm glad I didn't post it anywhere. <laughs> but... <laughs> I hope that's not what I was thinking of doing, <laughs> but um, I am, I'm really appreciative that I had that opportunity because then it, it, again, it pulled me back in to say, take every advantage, make the extra effort to go through the ritual because it matters. It's important because when you're facing not having the ritual um, and you realize that you might have mourned that or grieved not having that, um, it just kind of drives the point home. So, yeah. yeah, I've told you before, I do that with voice memos to myself. I leave myself these long and thoughtful. Sometimes when I can't journal or if I'm in the car alone and have just a minute, I will leave myself sort of reflective pep talks, so to speak. Um, But another thing that I do, and I'll try to get a picture and maybe we can stick it in the show notes somehow. I actually have a wall and I move it wherever we go, but it's sort of a collage wall. And I take a picture of my kids at the beach every single summer and I print the photo and I hang the photo. And so that to me is a visual reminder Mm -hmm. and a visual Mm -hmm. reflection of not only the fun memories we had of not only how quickly time is passing, but this very valuable thing that happens in the summer. And that is our family takes time away. We go and get refreshed and, and rested at the beach. And I have these photographs that I can look at and take a minute to acknowledge. And so that's another thing that I do with kind of celebrating or reflecting. I love that. I love that. And then just not rushing into the next season, I think is a big one for me. Like just yep. take your time, <laughs> slow down. It'll get here soon enough. Again, you know, there's all these fun, like me and listen, I'm like the biggest cheerleader for school starting back. You know? But a friend of mine actually was telling me the other day, like her kid was like, mom, why are you so excited for me to go back to school? Don't you like having me home in summer? And she was like, really quickly, and I admire how, like, agile she is with her response. She was like, oh, 
well, honey, I just am so excited for you to learn so many new things and meet so many <laughs> friends. I was like, oh, I got to bank that away somewhere. So just remembering, like, don't don't yeah. wish the time away. Well, and with the school starting, yeah. <laughs> I think it's very important. And we talked and wrote about this some last year. Yeah, your friend is right. The kids are getting this opportunity to go back and learn. But guess what? As moms and as mm. wives and as women, we also have that opportunity during this time because the rhythms yep. change, because the schedule changes. How are we freeing up time for ourselves to make that an important priority? So we like to give advice. Uh, so, so we say it's advice not given, which means, you know, you didn't ask for it, but we're offering it up anyway. And this is, as we mentioned week to week, this isn't just us suggesting that you do something it's something we have taken the the time to think through yeah I'm gonna do this too I think this would benefit me and so my advice this week is to write a thank you note to summer and or a welcome fall letter and this is going to be done in my journal and I think I'm just going to reflect on a few things I'm thankful for that happened over the summer and maybe a lesson or two that I learned take an intentional 30, 45 minutes to sit down and think through that and write it out. Because like your little video of your potential move, it will serve as a, you know, relic or memento of, of, you know, the past summer. And then the welcome letter for fall will be kind of along the same lines, but what I'm looking forward to basically. So I'm going to do that. That's so cool. Yeah, I love having those check-in points, too. Like, you can always check back and see, like, where your headspace was and what, how you're feeling and then kind of just reflecting, again, on the memory of it. Um, my advice that I'm giving myself slash Claire Fear, <laughs> if you're feeling it. I, so I just, again, I just love taking on a new project. So I say take on something new. Um, if it's, you know, so obviously I'm always going to be oriented around like learning and absorbing stuff and content, which is, you know, that's just part of the, uh, the tragedy of being a five. But (laughs) if there's, um, you know, like LinkedIn learning has all these e-courses, uh, you know, if you're a premium membership, you can go on YouTube and look up videos on how to do something like pick up a new skill, pick up a new thing that you can do. Um, it'll help. It'll help mark the transition. It'll help occupy your time. It'll help push you in a, in a way, in a way to grow. Um, so, you know, I've already mentioned earlier my um, pursuit for this fall. It's actually, you know, like a 14-week course that I'm in. Um, I'm actually learning how to tune into my body, how to establish a practice and a rhythm, um, and just learning more about new traditions and new um, perspectives on things. So I'm enjoy- I'm ex- I'm excited about that. And actually, there's a so it's a it's an online course, and there's this um, you know social component where everyone's leaving comments, introducing themselves. I think I am the youngest by like 50 years. Oh wow! <laughs> people in this course, yeah. So it's gonna challenge me in a few ways because I've already um, seen some of the technology hurdles that people are experiencing in the comments. Oh, I bet. <laughs> so can I, can I offer a little pushback and ask a okay. question? So no. you I said, I'm going to do the thank you note and welcome letter. You're challenging me to, you're challenging me to like take a course or learn something new. I am going to pull back to an earlier episode of boundaries. I'm going to tell you uh-huh. no, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not going to tell you. No. I, but Fair I enough. do know that like, I don't think I can take on a course right now, but what would you say to something like learning a new recipe, like picking a fall Uh, dish, something smaller for those of us who maybe can't take on, you know, a course. I'm saying like 
we were talking about fixing something in someone's house at dinner, and I'm like, I only know how to use the crossy screwdriver, which is a lie. I know how to do a lot of stuff, but I thought and it was you know funny. it is called a Phillips head screwdriver. I do, but I think okay. it's way funnier to call crossy. it the crossy one. Um, <laughs> so no, um, but yeah, looking up a YouTube video on how to like tighten the garbage disposal thing or something you know like something like that it could be anything it could literally okay. be anything. if your instinct is to not do it because you don't know how push yourself learn, learn a new okay thing. okay that's, fair enough that's a little a little easier recipe i like a recipe that's cool too okay but i can do decide. i say this a lot i need a quick win i need something that oh. i can say i've learned and then okay check mark not for the next <laughs> two and a half three four months i am engaged Listen, <laughs> but that's i just, use my example as an extreme yeah no and only because i paid money for it otherwise i would probably have already bailed <laughs> so. no but that's good you knew that you needed that external accountability so yeah. that's a really good thing well we for do sure. speaking of advice we like to check in each week and go back to the previous episode remind everybody real quickly what that advice was and then kind of give ourselves a little report card on whether or not we followed through. Kelly, what was the advice from episode four on the Enneagram? Yeah, so we gave you guys a ton of information um, and challenged you to read up on the nine types and see if anything's jumping out at you, see if you can start like deducing which ones you may and may not be. If you are already aware of your type, you know which type you identify with to um, have kind of gleaned over that and see what are some of the high points, what are some of the like the top notes that are standing out that are really resonating with you or maybe like a challenge point where you're trying to work on something. Um, so yeah, Claire, what did you, um, so we clearly, we already know our types, but um, tell us a little bit about what you took away from that. So what I took away from it, we even put in our show notes some direct links for you to go straight to the Enneagram Institute. If you don't know your type, read up on it there. If you do, read up on it and try to focus in on the healthier levels. And I was joking with Kelly, not only did I do that and looked over mine, I actually sent the link to my husband's number to him and kind of included him in this challenge and said, hey, have you thought about looking over this and, you know, looking over your high points of your number and we kind of were texting back and forth and then what I did on the Enneagram Institute's website you can actually click on your number and then uh, the number of your spouse and see your compatibility and so where I ended up taking this little advice challenge was I looked at how uh, Ryan and I are on the same team and what we both value and what we both care about. And it says that we both actually care deeply about truth and commitment and that we both have a desire to serve others and improve the world. And it just gave us both a quick little vocabulary where we could kind of fist bump each other, high five each other and get back on the same page and realize that again, you know, we're, we're rowing the same boat here. So it's good. What about you? Did you look yours up? I did. And what's so funny is it's like a, it's kind of a gut check to see what kind of level of health you're on anytime you yes. do this. So it's a good practice if you know your number um, to check in because the way they kind of break this down is you have healthy levels, average levels, and unhealthy levels. Most people sit around the average level, like Claire and low, I are probably not average. healthy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know about Claire. I am probably not healthy, but even just looking at the lower healthy levels. Um, so it goes level one to nine, nine's the bottom, one's the top. Um, even level three, which is kind of a healthy-ish level. Um, it says we attain, I'm a type five. 
Um, we attain skill from skillful mastery of whatever interests them. <laughs> um, on a lower version of that, it's kind of like chasing rabbits. Um, oh, that looks interesting. I want to learn more about that. Which, again, you can even cycle back to the previous conversation that we're having. I'm like, oh, that looks interesting. Let me learn that. Like, let me drop what I'm doing, pick up a whole new focus, a whole new thing to consume my time and to get completely lost in. Um, so it's, again, it's always great to check in with these and see kind of where I would plant my flag as far as my level of health. What would I diagnose myself as? Um, and the cool thing about this is that you can move through these levels at any point in your day, even like you don't, this isn't like a static thing or something that you really have to work for. So I can literally come in and say, Oh, I need, I need to check myself. Like I'm starting to fall in the levels of health. Um, but you know, and I can pick up on the high things. So innovative, inventive. I learned how to do a podcast, you know, like we learned, we did that, you know, so it's cool. Um, so yeah, definitely check those out. You guys, they're really insightful. Um, and if you're struggling between a couple of numbers, sometimes those, um, differentiators help too. Like if you know what you are and how you act and how you feel when you're healthy, um, you can compare two different numbers and which healthy versions of those numbers look like. Um, right. Usually the unhealthy versions are more indicative, but. <laughs> True. But yeah. Well, what I love about this is it kind of helps me circle back to this week's advice, which is, you know, thinking about going forward, thinking about what you want to learn for the fall. I can look at my levels of health on here. And when I look at my healthier levels and see like what I kind of should be doing at those levels, it reminds me maybe that's where I need to be investing my time and energy this fall. And so for me, one of my very you know highest levels is I can be a community builder. And so I've been thinking about even in these last couple of weeks, I've had two different things that I'm organizing to try to get together to build community here on our installation. And I'm just laughing a little bit because I'm like, well, maybe I am feeling pretty healthy about where I am and and my willingness to commit um but I also did tell you there's one thing I'm not gonna do (laughs) and you're like quit quit feeling like you've got to take everything on just go and attend and and I do I do have to be careful of that but for me um I do know that's where kind of I find my footing is when I can help organize things and I just gotta be smart it's always a balance right because you could easily uh disrespect your boundaries um, without even thinking about it. So yeah, it's definitely something to pay attention to and keep in tune with yourself about it. You know, even if you're not like cognitively aware of how you're feeling, um, if you have an instinct or, you know, a thought or feeling that's like, Oh, maybe I should pause, take a minute, (laughs) revisit your levels, do whatever it is. Um, revisit your summer letter or your fault, you know, like, or your voice memos from, from days past, um, to help remind yourself of those things. So you're not just instinctually reacting. Yeah. Um, So as a quick reminder for this week's advice, take a minute, write a thank you note to Summer, welcome letter to Hello Fall, or in Kelly's case, her advice is to learn something new. Take the challenge, go ahead and um, stretch yourself and invest yourself in uh, the future and in what you're participating in. So we're so glad you listened and we'll catch you next time. Thanks for joining us this week on Advice Not Given. For resources and links to all the things mentioned in today's episode, head over to our website at milspogurus.com. That's M-I-L-S-P-O-G-U-R-U-S. If you enjoyed this episode, please help others find us by adding your thoughts to an iTunes review and subscribing so you never miss a show. If you're interested in being a next level supporter of our endeavors, check out our Patreon page. You can pledge as little as a dollar per episode to help us out with expenses. 
think of it as eavesdropping on our coffee date, but then sending over a latte. It's a thing. Also, be sure to find us on Instagram and Facebook at Gurus, where we keep the conversation going and where you can share your advice not given.